Welcome to the Musea Podcast. This is episode number 47, and I am Michael Howard, the founder and CEO of Musea. Hope everybody's doing great out there. Um, probably noticed the new music on the intro. Uh, yeah, so I thought I would change it up, get a new song in there, something I felt that maybe is a little more fitting uh, for the podcast and our branding and all that. So hope you love that. Uh, a couple updates real quick. Last week, I met with the developers and about going... Uh, global with the Musea store, and so that uh, meeting went really, really well. Um, they are crunching some numbers and talking over the details um, of kind of how I envision the f- uh, functions uh, working for uh, for the store when we take it global. And so I'm waiting for them to get back to me this week on that. But hopefully, if all is well, um, in a couple months we will be able to serve uh, everybody else outside the U.S. So. All you photographers out in Australia and Canada and the UK and Ireland and Europe and all that, um, you guys will be able to use the store, hopefully. So uh, it's not confirmed yet. they they got to come back with the budget numbers, but we've we've I have a good idea where they're going to fall because I've already talked to them about it um, previously. We're just trying to nail it down to some very, very specific numbers with uh, specific details and all that. So uh, I'm very, very hopeful, though, that we can um, push forward through that once they get back to me. And um, we will uh, get that to you guys. If not, it'll be uh, definitely this year sometime. It'll just be a bit, a bit later this year. But we're definitely coming. We're going to get to you guys. Uh, hold on tight because I know uh, a lot of you have been asking for the Musea store um, outside the U.S. And so I'm working on it, trying my best to get it there. So uh, thanks so much for your patience uh, with that. So appreciate it. Uh, also... The uh, gathering is coming up this summer in Tacoma, Washington, up in the Seattle area. So I really, really hope um, for many of you that you're thinking about coming that you guys um, can make it. It's something I'm really, really excited about. The one in New York City just went really well, and this will be our second one. And so we'll be able to um, tweak it and just continue to improve it. And I really have great hopes and dreams for this thing. Um, You know, if you're a photographer that... Uh, needs to be inspired, maybe you just need a kick in the ass or something like that, uh, this would be a great workshop uh, and just education event for you to go to. Um, but ultimately, these gatherings, they're about having a conversation. And the conversation is built around how do we make the industry better and how do we help make you better? And that's really the simple reason that these exist and why I'm doing these. And it's part of the reason I'm doing these podcasts is to help photographers become better and help you understand yourself um, better and so we can have more amazing images out in the world and so that's uh, part of the reason I do what I, what I do. Um, 
So please, please consider coming. Even if you just come for one day, if you come for two days, if you come for three days, please talk about it on Facebook. Tweet about it. Uh, if you're in Portland or Tacoma or Seattle, please come. It's like right in your backyard. So just come on over, even if it's for just a day or two. Hopefully all three. That would be great. But great lineup of teachers, Kirk Maston, Ryan Muirhead, um, Colin Jacob uh, from Nordica Photography, all amazing shooters. They're all going to bring a little something different to the table. We're going to be talking about art, and we're also going to be talking about the balancing that with commerce. Um, I'm so pumped about it. So it's about two months away. You've got two months to get your tickets. Uh, if you need a room or something to um, cut down cost in terms of like splitting a room with somebody that else is going, just let me know, and I will uh, connect people so that you guys can share rooms and save some money that way. So, yeah, that's it. Um, this podcast, I had the pleasure of talking with Narav Patel. Um, this guy is a wedding photographer, but he also shoots kind of some landscape stuff. Um, great guy. Uh, we had an awesome conversation, um, and we talk about uh, how he uses uh, his engineering degree or how that influences his photography. Uh, we talk about how he sees light because he doesn't shoot in the kind of the standard industry way of, of, of light. Um, we talk about his uh, landscapes, and we also talk about the best decision that he ever made for his business. So grab some coffee, sit back. Thank you so, so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. I'm so glad to have you here. How are you doing, man? Doing great. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Ready for summer. So, <laughs> but doing good. Um, well, it's uh, it's good to finally chat. I know you've been busy with the new the new baby and everything, which is awesome. Congrats on that, by the way. Thank you. Um, but the first thing I just I typically ask and talk to people about is kind of your journey, and I just really like to know your background on how you got started in photography and how you got got to where you are today. Sure. Um, so I have an abbreviated version. Okay. And then I have <laughs> the full volume. I don't know what what you want to hear. Um, but it all goes back actually to before I was born. <laughs> wow, we go way back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll give you, I'll kind of run through it real quick. Um, yeah. Basically, like, you know, uh, my, my aunt and uncle, they were in love in India, and their marriage was forbidden because they were of different caste systems. Um, so being in love, they decided to run away from India, move to America, and get married. Um, so after that, uh, my uncle kind of moved. He was a civil engineer. And then he kind of moved uh, to California where he kind of started life for him and his, his family. And then my parents had me in India and they were kind of, um, my uncle was advocating that we move to America because there was a lot more opportunity for them there. So, um, they decided to make the move and I got left back in India 
so I was raised by my grandma for two years. Um, and then finally, uh, my parents felt it was time for me to come, and I spent some time kind of staying when we lived with my aunt and uncle for another three years after that. And I spent time, I pretty much slept in my uncle's office and that was interesting because he was a civil engineer, which kind of leads to why I became a civil engineer. Um, so I kind of watched him doing his work and it was interesting to me. Um, and my parents kind of slowly moved. We moved out of their house, got an apartment, then a townhome, And then finally my parents bought a home, which was kind of my mom's dream to own a home and, America. So, uh, exciting times. And then I went to school and I had to decide on a major. Um, so, I mean, I, it was kind of a no brainer at that point. I, I figured, you know, civil engineering, I, you know, I grew up around it. It looks really interesting to me. Um, didn't know where I was going to go with it, but went through school, got it done. And my first job, uh, kind of out of the school times was, uh, a civil engineer for a wine, the wine country. So I was designing wineries for about four years, um, nice. which sounds like a cool job, <laughs> and it was <laughs> it was pretty interesting. Um, and you know, it, I it kind of was it was challenging. It was new. It was different. But it's still, I was I was working from a desk, and there were site visits, but it was still very much kind of in office kind of stuff. Um, mm. But to me, it's like, hey, look, I've got a dream job. This is kind of, you know, I could I could retire here at some point. That was it for me. Um, and then four years after, I was laid off. Mm. And so it was kind of the worst time economically to be laid off. And um, so many, so many, you know, my boss was laid off, and he was with the company for 20 years. Wow. Uh, yeah. So I knew that finding a job wasn't going to be easy. And that was probably 2009. Um, so this time I was kind of looking around for work, not finding much, uh, feeling nostalgic. One day I was at home kind of looking through my old photos and I found my parents' wedding album. And I don't know, it just something came over me and I absolutely just lost it, kind of in love with the whole idea of capturing memories. And it never really occurred to me that, hey, I could do something like this, you know, capture moments in my life. And um, so I decided to start kind of teaching myself. And uh, my first thought was, well, if I can Photoshop things really well, then I can take really bad photos and make them amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. So I kind of took that route, and I took a class from this guy named Aaron Nace, and he's like a brilliant photo compositor. Um, And at this point, I'm like, okay, what's aperture? What's shutter speed? I don't know how to use lighting. Um, by the time the class was over, I knew how to use off-camera strobes. I knew about lighting. I understood my camera. And so within a month, I mean, this class just kind of propelled my thinking of photography. But still, I was kind of in this mode of, hey, I can, you know, I can still shoot really bad and make it awesome. <laughs> um, so I started doing composites, and I kind of put them out there. And one of my friends, he saw it, and he's like, hey, can you do this for an engagement session photo? I was like, sure, I can do that. So uh, I did that for them, and they loved it. And then they asked me to shoot their wedding, which was May of 2010. And I kind of thought, okay, let's see. Uh, it's about eight hours to composite one image. Wedding, I will be working on their wedding for the rest of my life. So <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't going to work. Um, 
so this point I was like, well, I, I got I to gotta get my act together. I got to figure out how, how I'm going to make this work. Um, and then what happened was during that time between when I shot their engagement to when I um, shot their wedding, I got a job offer um, for another civil engineering job, which I didn't think I was going to get. Um, I took, I think, four interviews, 300 applicants, and I got the job, oh. which was kind of mind-blowing. Um, yeah. It was a job for the city, and it was quite possibly the easiest job in the world. Um, my my job was to watch other people work. Wow. <laughs> so, um, great benefits, good pay. I sat in a truck, inspected job sites, and went home. Um, <laughs> but, you know... And I had people come up and they're like, "Oh, you're kidding me! That you know, I, I love that job." Yeah. But for me, it was draining my soul. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, just I could not get my mind off of photos. And in fact, whenever I was in my truck or had free time, I'd pull open a book and read um, and try to learn. And uh, at one point, I was just thinking, you know, after I'd shot my friend's wedding, it was it went pretty well. Um, like, man, I could I could do this for a living. This is this is great, you know, it, it's so rewarding. Um, and so I kind of brought the idea up to my family, and oddly, they kind of agreed with me. Well, it wasn't it wasn't like a strict, hey, yeah, yeah, sounds great, go ahead and quit your job and <laughs> yeah. start shooting photos. Um, but I kind of outlined a plan of, you know, things I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, and, you know, I never never really looked super far into the future. I just kind of figured, well, you know, I could, I could get some work here and here and there and see what I can do. And, um, so they, you know, they supported me and I decided to, to quit. So two weeks after I talked, you know, six months into the job, um, went into my boss's office, probably the best day of my life. <laughs> well, no, I shouldn't say that. There's other, other days, but it was the right. best day of my working life. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was able to kind of leave and start fresh with photo. And um, so that's kind of kind of how I got into the, the weddings. Yeah. Um, and kind of past beyond that is I was taking, you know, trying to get, get to learn the industry better. I, there was a couple of folks out there that I really admired and I thought, Hey, you know, I should, I should reach out. I, w- I want to be the best that I can. And I should talk to folks that, you know, have already kind of made it in the industry and in my eye are just amazing artists and doing things differently, which is kind of what I wanted to do. Um, and so I did, uh, I did mentor sessions and things like that. Um, and one of my friends, um, Eric Clausen, uh, poser image, he kind of reviewed my portfolio and, was telling me, you know, there's some good stuff, but then there's this other stuff, like, <laughs> what, what's going on here? <laughs> and so he gave me a really, you know, he, he, he kind of told me, he's an honest truth about my work, which is really important. Um, and he's like, so why why all these extraneous images in here? I see you have some, some great work, and then there's some other stuff that, I, you know, it looks like it's pretty typical, and maybe not you. Um, so I kind of told him, well, I'm trying to cast a net out there as big as I can to to capture as many clients as I can because um, I just don't have that much work right now and I need to I need to pull this in and uh, he's like don't do that <laughs> and uh, and then he told me kind of probably the most important thing I've ever heard is just shoot what you want and show you know the world your art because that's you know the people that hire you they're going to love you for you mm-hmm. and 
you know, you may not book as many jobs um, to begin with, but trust me, you know, it's believing in yourself and finding your own voice is the most important thing you'll do. And so I think that's kind of, that hit me pretty hard. And after that kind of pushed myself to, to try unique things and, and push myself as much as I could. Wow. Um, so yeah. And then, so here you are. Happened. <laughs> yeah. So you're, so, um, so you quit your job. That's kind of like what ended 2010 ish. Is that right? Uh, that was, yeah, that was 2010, June, June of 2010. Okay. Okay. Um, and so prior to like picking up your parents' wedding album, like you really didn't shoot much prior to that at all, minus probably point and shoot. No, stuff. I, I get yeah, pretty much. I had like I had one of those little digital, you know, not even DSLR cameras, but I wasn't really like thinking about photo. It was more like, okay, I'm here. I'm going to snap these party shots, and yeah, you know, yeah. it wasn't anything very artistic, right? There's a lot of selfies of me in the mirror um, <laughs> during my <laughs> uh, college years. Selfie. <clears throat> Hate that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. All right. There's two places. Well, two places we can go with this. Um, all right. We'll go with maybe the, the easy one first, and then we'll go with the harder one second. Um, I'm interested in how maybe the math and like the civil engineering study and even growing up around it, how that has influenced your work and how that's kind of seeped its way into your images. Um, I would say, uh, I always had to be very meticulous about all the, the drafting and the lines and the math that I did, obviously. Um, you know, if I screw up, it's not a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I take the same approach it was also a thing where, like, we would present things to clients when we felt they were our best. You know, we always put the best foot forward. Um, and so I kind of think about that when I'm working on images and what I'm doing, um, when I'm shooting. I'm always looking for, you know, things that make the image feel like everything is kind of in its right place. And uh, um, very much like that Radiohead song, I think about that song all the time. And just, you know, just making sure lines are straight. And I think architecturally, a lot of that has influenced what I do with lines and um, mostly lines. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, what I'm interested if you can, if there's any way I don't know um, if you can articulate it yet. But and you've talked about it a little bit. But I mean, maybe it's going back to when you saw your parents' wedding album or. Maybe it's evolved since then for you, but I'm really interested in maybe like why why photography outside of just capturing memories. Like, what's like a deeper level than that for you? Like, why do this versus you know doing that soul sucking job that you said? Right. Um, I would say it's just the the way that I feel. I think when when I finish a drawing and a sketch and I hand it in and, you know, it gets built. There's some sort of satisfaction from seeing the structure that, you know, I was a part of um, completed. Mm-hmm. But when I finish a wedding and I deliver it and the emails that I get back and the things that people say, just there's nothing that can replace that feeling um, when someone's just so grateful for something you've done. And I think that that gratitude is really what keeps me going. Um which is also why I'm so in love with shooting weddings as opposed to, you know, editorial and things like that. I think 
I think you probably will get, you know, you'll get recognition and things like that, but it's really not that, you know, interesting for me to, to get recognition. It's more of a, the feeling that people get when, when they see the images and how they can remember this for, for years to come. And, and something about that. I just, I just love. So, yeah. Hmm. Um, can I get into images? Um, and one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is just because uh, I do feel like there's some maybe some things in your work that is, is unique and that's different that I don't see other people doing. Um, and if they do do it, it's not near as consistent as maybe as what you're doing. Um, uh-huh. And so one of the things I've noticed that you do uh, a lot um, is you have this kind of thing where you kind of include layers in your images. I'm not talking about composites uh-huh. or Photoshop. I'm talking about like actual <laughs> layers of stuff. So you'll those are actually all composites. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you'll uh, see. So, you, so there's like the subject, obviously, in your pictures. But then there's almost not all the time, but a lot of time you have maybe something that's like blurry in the foreground or it's, you're sh- actually shooting your outside of a window shooting through glass into a room um, uh-huh. or it's you use the architecture of a building to create layers through foreground middle ground background and different things like that so what is it about the layering that you really like because you're really doing that a lot in your work um, I like that it I think it adds extra extra um What's the word? Uh, when you're telling stories, it's it's an extra element that kind of gives you more information about what's happening. Mm. Um, so it's you know maybe maybe there's a mom tying a tie in the foreground, but then there's something happening in the background with a kid running around. It's it's kind of there's multi there's multi layers to a, to the story, and you can tell almost entire kind of portions of the day through single images if you if you use layers in, in the right way. Um, I think uh, Fair, he does a fantastic job of, you know, a couple images where it just, hey, you know, I don't need any more. Like, I can take 10 shots today and be done because there's so much written in each image um, that tells a story. So mm-hmm. um, that's why I really love layers. And I love photographers like um, Alex Webb and their use of layers to tell stories. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's something about... Sorry. Yeah, which I totally understand and get. I mean, it, it, there's something about what how your work is with, you know, all flipping through portfolio. I'll definitely see images of where I, I don't know if I put either myself or I even put just most of the photographers that I know in, in that scene. They're going to maybe zoom in a little bit more to get uh-huh. uh, to simplify the frame. But you very often include something in the corner of the frame or you'll include like a trim type of thing on the top of the frame. It's just almost like these little clues, like you're saying, to what's going on around them versus going in really tight and simple and just cutting out all that extra information. So you do a really good job of there's a lot going on in the frame, but it feels very intentional. So a lot of people, Uh they put maybe too much in the frame, but it feels sloppy because it's not adding to the story. Does that make sense? Yeah, thank you. So, um, one of the other things I think that is interesting, and it's it's not your layered images, um, and it's it's more, it's kind of the moments that, that you uh, are probably really attracted to, obviously. But it's uh-huh. a kind of a different type of moment that you capture a lot, and it's kind of these weird 
offbeat moments that most people miss completely. Um, so talk about those. I don't know if you know if what I'm talking about, but you have a lot of pictures in your portfolio of just these, a lot of them are kid, maybe kids or something, but <laughs> there are these little moments that most people would skip over, like a kid pushing a car and you just have his hand pushing the car, like different things like uh-huh. that. <laughs> um, like honestly, I just I look for things that I feel are are a little interesting, and um, whenever I go in, I just I keep thinking to myself, well, you know, like how how can I shoot this differently? Like what what um, yeah, and, and it's almost like I don't think about it; it's just kind of second nature. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also based on things I've been inspired by. Um, I I, sh- I see a lot of um, I started obviously with weddings. Um, so, so when my inspiration began, it was it was strictly weddings. I I would look at all the wedding blogs and see you know what's out there, um, and then you know my friends were like, hey, what do you you know take a look at this stuff, look at this editorial, look at this, uh, you know, look at this photojournalism, and it completely blew my mind. And I think it just got me thinking in a whole different kind of different way of seeing uh, weddings. Not so much thinking about set li- uh, lists of shots to take or um, you know, the, the usual things that would happen, the usual moments, but what, what else is there that's beautiful that's happening that I can capture? Um, so I kind of take that, take that to thought when I'm, when I'm starting to shoot anything. I think that's probably why I'm seeing those things. Yeah. With, and with some of these offbeat moments, like, I mean, in terms of, cause it's very much, I don't know, you have to be very, very aware of your surroundings to catch those cause they're not very obvious. They're very quick and they're really sudden i'm trying to think of how to phrase the question um i'm trying to think of this if there if you can if there's a identify like a common thread or something like is it because to me there's a weird um a lot of them have a weird i don't know human element to them i don't know i'm trying to think it's just they're kind of they're kind of off like i don't know they're not they're not these like really overtly. Some of them are, but they're not. Most of them aren't these like really overtly sentimental, like emotion fields um, uh-huh. off moments. It's like these really weird, quiet, or like um, just where they're like the, it feels like the room is kind of stopped for a second. Moments. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like it's it's much more subtle. Where a lot of people are looking for these really loud emotion field impact moments, and you're kind of shooting these really uh-huh. soft, quiet moments that people just are totally ignoring. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think I think that has a lot to do with um, kind of growing up uh, an only child. <laughs> mm. uh, we we kind of there was I, I wrote something on my blog about solitude and it was um, kind of living in a, living in this neighborhood that was a bit um, a bit tough and I was on my own and you know we were there was threats to our house and people throwing rocks through windows and um, so I spent a lot of my time kind of on my own. And I was able to use, you know, instead of being lonely, I was, I found peace and solitude. And, um, it's kind of, um, I think I found beauty in solitude, which I think relays a lot in my work. Mm. A lot of things that I enjoy are peaceful and lonely. And it's kind of strange being a wedding photographer and being so drawn to, to things that are, you know, um, almost sad sometimes, but, Mm finding happiness in that moment. Um, so yeah. trying to, trying to show, you know, I think that's, that's kind of, 
been a recurring theme. Mm-hmm. It's very much how I feel, so I'm glad it translates into some of the work that I do. Yeah, and I feel like those are some of like your stronger images, and I think what maybe sets you apart because a lot of people uh, struggle with that. Um, Spencer, like I don't know, I was looking at your work. I was I don't know if you read Spencer Lum's blog at all, Ground Glass, or know his work. No, I haven't. Okay, um, he's a photographer in, in New York, but some of your images and his images have a similar feel. Um, and he does a lot of these kind of off moments too at times. And so like uh-huh. your lighting and stuff is very similar in ways. Anyway, I think you should look at maybe his stuff because inter- it just seems like there's a synonymous thing there going on between you two. What was name? Spencer Lum, L-U-M. Okay. Um. Check it out. Yeah. So, um. You also feel like, I'm curious, like, how you maybe work during a wedding, because I feel like, and maybe it's just the, the layering thing we were talking about earlier, but there's this, almost a level of, I don't know, I guess your images give me this feel like maybe you're hiding behind something, or you're, oh, yeah. kind of, you're, <laughs> you're, you're spying, like, I feel like you're, your most successful images, I feel like uh, you're this, uh, more of a fly on the wall kind of person, so I'm curious how you actually are interacting and working at a wedding, because it seem, doesn't seem like you're really interjecting yourself all that much. No, um, and I don't. I I basically, I try to give a client the heads up of, I've, I've obviously seen a lot of things that, that don't work well at weddings, like, you know, getting ready in a, in a bathroom with a terrible light. And mm-hmm. So usually what I'll do is I'll send out a sheet before the wedding and kind of tell the clients things I've seen and possibly that they could do to kind of improve photographs as far as lighting and thinking about light um, and the times of days that they, they want to get photographed and but after that, it's it's pretty much hands off. Um, I just you know I'm, I'm a little proactive about it at first, and then when I get there, it's I want to document, and that's pretty much it. Like I'll I'll tell them go ahead do your thing. They'll ask me for suggestions. I'll say no, you know whatever you feel like doing. Um, don't let me influence you. I want this I want this to be a a true you know recording of your day as much as I can make it. Um, and besides the portraits. Everything else is is pretty much I'm hiding. Uh, they don't see me for most of the day, <laughs> and um, even the the portrait sessions are pretty laid back as far as uh, when posing is concerned. I don't do very much of that. Um, just try to earn a lot of the trust of the clients ahead of time so that they just feel comfortable enough to open up. Yeah. Um. Kind of like a quick gear question um, is like I'm curious what kind of lenses you're using. Um, I have a guess, but I just I want to know. <laughs> like, what's your kind of go-to lenses at a wedding? Um, usually it's uh, 35 and 85. All right. Um, 1.2 and 1.4. Okay. Um, it, but I also I've got an array of lenses that I. I mean, I bring I bring pretty much every prime from the 24 to 135. Okay. Um, Except if it's destination. Yeah. Okay. Because it seems like, I was going to guess, it seems like 35 was what you shoot with a lot. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I got that lens last year myself, and I was kind of sh- mad at myself. <laughs> like, how come I didn't buy this lens years <laughs> ago? Because I used to do a lot of zooms, um, but now I'm like, uh-huh. down to primes. But the 35 is perfect for kind of documentary stuff, I feel like, on a canon Yeah, setup. it's great. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, talk about also about lighting because one of the other things I like about your work is you're not shooting everything backlit all the time. <laughs> so yeah. that's one thing I kind of get a little bored with in, in wedding land is everything seems backlit. So um, you really successfully deal with a bunch of different type of lighting and you deal with more moody lighting, <clears throat> but it's still really beautiful. So talk, I would just love you to talk about how you kind of see light and where you learn to kind of see that successfully. Um, so actually seeing light, I think, started with uh, the Photoshop class um, because when we were doing the composites, it was very much about, okay, well, we have this scene, we have this scene, we have this scene. What do they have in common with light? How will this look like a real composite um, with, with lighting being all off? So... Um, I did a shot where my wife is, you know, I took a shot of an airplane wing when we were going to Maui, and then I composited her onto the airplane wing. <laughs> um, and so it was a fun process, but again, I had to think, you know, the sun was set, you know, really, really light in the front of the plane, really, really um, kind of a harsh light. And so when I shot her, I used uh, an off-camera strobe and um, was able to kind of figure out, okay, well, the light's coming from this angle, and it's... You know, so it kind of made me think about light in a different way um, as far as consistency and how to make things look with lighting. Um, so it kind of went that way, and then I really started coming up, you know, struggling against, you know, the, it's like, oh, these photos are not looking pretty because they're not backlit, but what am I going to do? There's all this sun. I can't fight it. <laughs> so I decided to, to join the dark side and uh, <laughs> use it as use it as light in a good way. I, I obviously, when I started, I used it in a bad way. Uh, I did a family session where I lit them with the sun and not really know, understanding it and how to use it. And, uh, the child's eyes were, you know, the pupils were shrunken down and looked, it looks kind of demonic and scary. Uh, so <laughs> I had, I literally had to paint in like pupils and right. that's funny. <laughs> it was kind of a, a bad all around issue, but, right. um, so now I'm I'm just kind of looking for subtle hints of light and things like that where, where you know if it's, if the outdoors is you know harsh then maybe I can use shadows in a certain way and it's thinking about exposure and so now when I approach a scene, I can pretty much I'm just identifying okay well what is this going to look like before I shoot it, um, and then how can I place people in a way to make this exposure come out the way I want it to, um, and it's very much about thinking about film and and you know I love film because obviously you can capture such a large dynamic range with it um and i always think you know, when i shoot I, I try to think about well how can i capture as much detail as i possibly can with each shot um and so then it's it's all about putting the couple in a location that'll let you do that uh and working with you know if it's extre extreme weather well how can i make this interesting with shadows or um you know, without burning their eyes out, having them stare into the sun. And mm -hmm. So it, it all, you know, everything everything begins and ends with light. It's, it's really, if, if that's, you know, if I have a little piece of light here and there, I can I can do things with it. It's it's what makes it interesting for me, and it's it's always the first thing I look for um, when kind of scouting for locations and um, when yeah. I'm at a wedding. <clears throat> um. Do you, to kind of learn to see light like that, I mean, did you kind of learn on the fly, like, at weddings, or did you do, did you just keep shooting even outside of paid jobs, doing a lot of personal work to kind of learn to play with it that way? Because, you know, you're, 
once you kind of go away from backlight, it there's it seems like there's a ton more options available to you on how to use light or how to yeah. see it. So you, you really have to shoot yeah. a lot to kind of figure out how to do it right. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a lot of practice. Um, I spent some time. I have a couple friends that, that do some modeling in the city, and I was able to grab them and see, you know, well, what if I do this? And I definitely didn't want to experiment. Well, I, I do experiment at weddings, but... Uh, in this situation, if I was going to do a large bulk of sh- images using harsh light and things like that, I would definitely want to get that nailed down before I um, start doing it at a wedding. So I did take a lot of time shooting personal work and just spending time with my camera and um, really understanding, well, how is it going to work if I do it this way? And then how does it react to the way I process my images? And so it's it's kind of now I think about you know even before taking the shot I think about the entire process from shooting it to processing it like what will it what will the final product look like? Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned film a second ago. How much of that do you shoot? Um, I shoot probably it's it's not a large percentage of my work, but almost it's a very large percentage of my personal work. Mm. Um, I have a. Um, I have a GF670 that I'm in love with and a uh, Contact 645, and whenever I'm traveling, I'll take those with me. And, I mean, just I just love it. If, you know, if I could afford it even more, I would shoot more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's cool, though, yeah, because I, I like the people that you're... I like the film and is coming back in, in a lot of ways, but that's cool that you're dabbling in both. I mean, I think, I think it's a good... Something about film for me, it is, I love digital, but I think it's it's good for photographers maybe to have both in their life because it kind of forces you to do some things that, the, that digital doesn't, I guess. Yeah, and I but, think it's also the learning process of, yeah. hey, you know, I've, I've just shot film, and every shot I've really just sat there, composed, thought about it, but, you know, now I'm going to digital. Whoa, it's getting crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. But so now I've, you know, I've really limited the number of shots I take at a wedding, it's become really easy for me to call down and kind of go through. Um, the, the whole post has gotten so much easier mm. um, because, I'm, because I've shot film. Yeah, yeah, shooting less. Um, kind of digging into your portfolio a little bit more, um, I'm just, we're just, we'll just go through it in order. That's <laughs> okay. But uh, you, next I went through like your engagement um, images. And so, because I wanted to kind of see... It's interesting to me because weddings, obviously, is you're kind of thrown into a situation and it allows for a lot of documentary stuff. But the engagement mm-hmm. session is very much typically people are looking for you to control everything. And right. so it's interesting. I'm like, well, what is, what is he going to do given that situation? Because it's not as documentary friendly. Um, mm-hmm. And so what I found interesting um, is I almost, I don't know, you really turn to almost landscape photography in a way to deal with it. <laughs> Uh, which is um, is fairly unique. I think um, that you're seeing a little more now in the industry, but uh, you do it a lot. Like it's not just like a one-off or something. It's like it's something you really seems like you're really passionate about. So I, I'm interested yeah. in your kind of why you are combining this idea of almost like landscape photography and people, and what your thought process is behind that. Um, so two things. One, I started doing these sessions called Choose Your Own Adventure, which happened to... <laughs> Love those books. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, absolutely. Um, but it also, like you said, it let me let go of being the person in control for mm-hmm. those sessions. Um, obviously, there'd be times where, oh, this like looks really great. Let's take a quick shot here. Um, but then the rest of it's like, oh, you want to go canoeing? Okay, well, I will sit on a boat with you and we'll document the trip. Um, and so I was always trying to find ways of not having to be in control um, for those as well. And so um, if that didn't work out and they really, you know, they were adamant, like, hey, we, we want to go, we kind of want to do engagement photos, we want to head out somewhere, um, I try to figure out a way of making it an adventure um, for them and for me. Uh, so usually I'll think of a place that I haven't been and they haven't been because I want them to be exploring it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of new and fresh for me, so I'm inspired, and then it's also new for them. So they're feeling like, oh, hey, this is an adventure. We're getting to see all these new places. Um, so I take them out there. They're having the time of their lives um, together. They're away from everything, and I can just kind of get them comfortable and to capture them in their kind of natural state. Um, they can be as silly as they want or they can be as serious as they want. I never kind of tell them what to do. Um, yeah, so I think I think the environment really in- inspires them and me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be in these, in these places, just to be able to shoot kind of landscape, it, it adds a little extra something to the images, I think. And uh, it's funny because I, I always tell people I'm afraid of landscapes. Uh, <laughs> although if I took people out of those pictures, it would probably be a landscape picture. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think it was a great way of being able to combine both people. Right. And, yeah, I'm trying to think, because when I was looking at them, it seems like you um, come up with the the landscape first, kind of meaning almost like you're, you see, I guess, I don't know, I'm trying to think, basically you just feel like you're you're seeing the landscape first, and then you're putting the people in it second. I don't know if that's yeah. how you, I don't know if that's how you think, but I feel like that's how you're framing things. Like, okay, this would be a great landscape picture. Now, where would if I added two people, where would I add them? <laughs> Does that make yeah, sense? exactly. Um, and so yeah, it's I've, it's for me. I felt like a lot of times looking at the pictures, like, well, I feel like you could almost like erase the people, and it would still be a very successful picture. Um, in a, in a lot of ways. So, uh, which for me is just, was interesting. Um, one of the other things kind of looking at those pictures, um, was kind of trying to compare, cause you also have like the natural landscape kind of engagement sessions, but then there seems like there's other sessions where you're like in an urban landscape, but uh-huh. I feel like you treat it the same, like the method is still the yeah. same. Um, and so I was, I was curious if this tied back into, I don't know if it ties into like your math or civil engineering thing, but I feel like there's like an element of, I don't know, how humanity in a way like fits within the world, like into like a harmonious relationship. Does that make sense? Like you're trying to work that out visually. Is that something you're, like, you're conscious of, or is that like a subconscious thing, or does that not make any sense at all? <laughs> I would say it's more of a subconscious thing. Um, I think when, I, when I'm when i shooting, I, I don't really, you know, I don't think too much about how the experiences of engineering have kind of shifted my thought. Um, but at the same time, whenever 
I post something or I shoot something, put it, and everyone's like, oh, hey, I can totally see your civil engineering coming out in this. I was like, oh, really? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think it's there. It's definitely there, but it's a very subconscious thing um, when it comes to, to going in and actually shooting. Yeah. Um, okay, so I have to ask this because it's – and I don't know if you're – I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but there is, like I mentioned, there's a bit of a trend of this kind of idea of these kind of epic landscapes with like tiny people in them. Uh I I see that a lot. So I'm interested in, um, in your, I don't know, I guess why you do it or like your genuine motive, if there's a thing to explain, because I feel like that's one of those things that can be copied or people maybe use it as a gimmick. But for you, uh-huh. I feel like you're it's so consistent. You have such a large body of work. Like for you, it's like this uh something you truly like. So I didn't know if it was I didn't know if also if it was maybe like a personality thing, like if you're you know, if you're kinda introverted, if that if it helped you if it was just a way of dealing with people without having to really get up close to them and guide them <laughs> the whole time, you know? That could be part of it actually. Uh, <laughs> it yeah, I mean it's it's kind of um I think my main motive behind it is like look at look at this amazing place you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh look at this amazing world you're in. And you know, we're it's it's the you know, the kind of the cliche with the two small people in a really big world kind of thing, but um you know, I truly believe that and I I think it's it's beautiful to like see you know, like people like they always get excited about those shots and I love, you know, I love my love for landscape, storytelling. I think it really sets them you know, it lets them remember the environment they were in. And I think that's kind of, that's kind of one of the things, you know, I, I pull back a little bit, I get the environment and then I really want, when I really want to show, you know, this amazing place that these people are in. And if it's really beautiful around them, I'll step back even further and take one really large wide shot. Um, so it's more of a, a perspective and lets them kind of really feel like, Hey, you know, we were out here in nature with just the two of us and, we're kind of seeing they can kind of relive that experience and feeling by seeing how how small they were in this large environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah. I don't know. It's interesting to me because your landscape stuff, <clears throat> the lighting is really consistent, even with that compared to maybe your documentary stuff in like tight spaces uh-huh. at a wedding. Um, the emotion feels very similar which uh, is hard to do, I feel like, because I feel like it's different subject matter. But uh-huh. So there's something there for, you know, kind of your voice or your style that you've identified. And maybe it's just like that feeling that you're tied to. Of, it's a, I don't know. There's there's a sense of, like, wonder. Like, there's a lot. Like, you have a lot of pictures of, like, fog or, like, a road that just doesn't end or something, you know? It kind of goes yeah. over a hill. And so there's a sense of, like what's beyond or in a way. Um, but yeah, but you said, like you said earlier, there's kind of like this beautiful sadness. Like a lot of your skies are maybe really dramatic, but not dramatic as in like a contrasty way. It's like kind of a monotone dramatic uh-huh. way. Is that, you know, does that make sense? Right. <clears throat> um, I'm just talking at this point. I don't even know what the point the question is for that, but, <laughs> It's just like an observation for me. I don't know if that's something going forward, if that's something you're going to – will continue to try to replicate more often. 
Because I know for me, like, as I, you, as I guess as a photographer, as you go through your process and then you look back on your work, you start yeah. to understand what you're doing subconsciously, and then you can start to pull right. that out consciously in future work. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. It's, um, it's interesting because right now I'm actually rebranding, uh, having a new site, and I've, I've kind mm-hmm. of been holding back all my work for a while now and um, been looking at everything I've done, and I'm actually having to reprocess some of the old stuff. And um, But, yeah, I've, I've been influenced by so much in this past year alone that I feel like it's it's been kind of, there's going to be some dramatic changes in my work uh, moving forward. Um, and so I really don't know what's going to happen, whether it's, it's going to be successful or not, but it's definitely something I want to pursue and try um, just to see where it takes me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, it, you, you'll probably be seeing a lot of different styles coming um, from what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. Um, this is a bit of an off-the-cuff question, but I'm trying to think, do you... <clears throat> Do you read it all, or like, do you read like poetry or prose or anything like that? I actually don't. Okay, um, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm usually um, I'm a big into to music. I spend a lot of free time just listening to music. Uh, okay. But I haven't read much, but I need to. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just curious because I I feel like some people that do landscape stuff sometimes are also into like a certain certain type of literature just because of almost maybe the slowness of landscape uh-huh. photography. So they they like the practice of reading in a way just because the slowness of it or something like it it marries well. Uh-huh. I don't know. So I was just asking. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk about maybe some of the photographers you already mentioned, like Alex Webb. But who are some of the other people that? you're really influenced by? Um, there's uh, Julia Hida. I think that's how you pronounce it. But um, I love her portraiture and use of light. Um, Roddy Smith. Mm. Just uh, the magic. I think you had him on your show, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I <laughs> he was amazing. Uh, yeah, I love his everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> What was his name? Kevin Cooley. Mm-hmm. Um, he does just some insane uh, exposures with film and landscape and light. Um, yeah, those guys are incredible. And um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Gregory Goodson mm-hmm. and his uh, million-dollar photos. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I need to see that movie when it comes out have you seen the trailer for that no i haven't oh um just google like after we're done gregory cruzan movie and they have been making a, <laughs> a movie about his creative process i guess oh excellent. Uh, and it's all like behind the scenes stuff of him on photo shoots oh, that's sweet um i don't know when it comes out though but it looks killer because his stuff nice. is i mean it's like a crazy movie set and so just see how he does <laughs> It's so he's so uh, does everything. so very particular about every little detail. It's great. Yeah. Um, do you know much about his creative process at all? Um, just as from bits and pieces that I've read and seen online. But okay. Yeah, he's crazy. Well, he shoots. Yeah, because he shoots like an eight by ten camera kind of thing often. Yeah. And it's like he shoots uh-huh. like I don't know how many frames of the same scene in the exact same location, <laughs> and then he composes it all together. Yeah. Um, it's insane. Well, actually, he doesn't composite. I think he has a girl that doesn't. 
right. Because <laughs> he's when you at that point his process yeah. is complete. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, sometimes he's not even pressing the shutter, which is crazy. But um, yeah, I was looking at your work and I was thinking of other photographers like in photo history, and these are people you probably not you may have not heard of ever, but there may be people that I feel like it might be beneficial to you to look at. Um, uh-huh. sometime because I feel like maybe there's some similarities. Some of it's landscape based, but some of it is like the oddity of things or maybe the, how you see color. Uh-huh. color. So, uh, obviously like William Eggleston, um, is one because of kind of these weird detail shots he takes of things. Uh-huh. Um, but landscape-wise, like Joel Meyerowitz, and more specifically, like when he did his Cape Cod series, I feel okay. like would really resonate with you um, in a lot of ways. Uh, really great landscape stuff. Um, and then Stephen Shore is another landscape photographer. And some of his stuff are urban landscapes, but he also did kind of some country landscapes. But they're all uh-huh. they're all color. Um, some is some people say that his work's really boring, but I think you might really appreciate it with kind of the civil engineering kind of thing because he's very meticulous about like his framing. Uh-huh. Um, and so I don't know. I feel like you might really like his stuff, but um, and then some other old school dudes is like Robert Adams. Black and white stuff. Um, Paul Strand is like really good, and I feel like you might really like his stuff. He's probably Paul Strand was almost like this obsessive guy with composition with his landscapes uh-huh. or detail shots, and he shot even some. Um, he would shoot buildings and old barns and things, but how he would how you frame things in ways I think even to get some of the geometric trick shapes or patterns that you do he did some of that stuff too um and then um there's another guy i don't know if you would like him but his name's bill brant uh b-r-a-n-d-t um he did these really weird landscape but he would also combine it with like the human figure i guess that's kind of why i thought Uh of him because of your use of like humans and landscapes but he would do really weird things with like he would put a human body really far in the foreground, like right up against the camera, you okay. know? And then he would, but then he would have like this really massive landscape in the back, but it would, he would be shooting at like F 16 or F 22. So like everything was in focus, you know? Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. so he, he plays a scale like really weird that way. So it's, so like the human body almost reads like a landscape inside of like this natural landscape. I don't know. Anyway, I felt like the relationship that how you, you might be wanting to go down that road some with how you play with people and landscapes, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, sounds great. But his, he's like old school, like 1910 <laughs> um, <laughs> type 1920s. Um, I'm like pulling it all up right now. <laughs> yeah, you can you can have like a Pinterest fest later. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but the last thing I did when. Well, yeah, one of the last things I want to talk about is uh, actually your scenic um, portfolio. Um, uh-huh. And because that's, I feel like a lot of those are you're actually dealing with like personal work and you're really diving into truly landscape photography in a lot of ways, uh-huh. even though you may include people here and there, but they're more strangers. 
Um, it lo- seems like. Um, I guess talk about maybe like if that body of work, how how you feel that is different when you're approaching just landscapes, you know, and you're not doing it on an engagement shoot or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, you know, where where there was where there used to be subject matter where you could draw your attention to, now it's it's gone. The people are gone. So, mm. uh, the landscapes I felt had to be, um, they were your subjects, and you had to find ways of making them feel or look interesting and, um, you know, using elements more of, you know, nature, composition in nature as opposed to just, you know, okay, well, there's people, so I can, I can shoot this wide shot and then there's, there's the vocal point there. Um, now the focal point's the entire scene. So how can this, how can I, you know, compose this in a way that makes it feel or look interesting? Um, so I'd kind of approach it in that sense. Yeah. Are those? Are you shooting a lot of those? That's a film, or is it kind of a mix? It's, it's a mixture, but mostly film. Yeah, yeah. Do you when you're doing landscapes like that? Are you going at like how? Is that something that you're? It's intentional. Like you're gonna like I'm gonna go out to for a couple hours and shoot landscapes, or is it you happen to be there for some other reason? Like maybe it's a wedding or a pay job, and then so you take like a couple frames for yourself and then continue on. Or how does that work? Yeah, it's actually a little bit of both. Okay. Um, if I'm at a wedding site and I'll see something that looks um, interesting from a personal standpoint, I may just shoot that. Or, um, you know, I will go, I'll take trips every off, very often out to the coast and go, usually I'll head to somewhere that I haven't been and or I'll go somewhere that I've been and then take, you know, a right turn here, a left turn there, uh, see where it takes me. Mm-hmm. And kind of be inspired by some new scenery. Yeah. What do those trips do for you just creatively? I mean, because landscape photography is one of those things that, you know, it takes a while, like you're driving. Or even when you get there, you might need to wait <laughs> for a little bit for the light to the sun yeah. to come down or whatever. So it's a much more, it's like a slow, methodical process. So there's a lot of thinking time right. involved versus like a, an editorial shoot where it's, you don't really have time to really be critical of your, your thoughts. Right. Um yeah, it's just it's, it's a lesson in patience, I think. Mm. <laughs> um, I think it's also important. I think because um, as well as the the photojournalistic aspect of being patient, waiting for a shot, finding a composition, um, something that I'm not great at is being patient. So mm. doing these landscape trips and uh, even street shooting at times, I'll I'll think about you know slowing myself down and it's kind of been a really good lesson in patience. Yeah. Um, all right. Last two questions and then we'll let you go. <laughs> um, sure. all right. So what is the worst mistake you've ever made with your business? <laughs> if you can, if you can <laughs> tell, tell him, tell me, um, worst mistake. Let's see. Something like, man, that really backfired. <laughs> Uh, uh, could be starting think, out or yeah yeah I spent a lot of money on stuff that I didn't end up needing or using mm-hmm. like um, gear or like what yeah gear stuff I would like go in and I would just you know purchase like oh hey that's an expensive lens I'll, I need that yep. so I went out and bought the 70 to 200 and <laughs> right <laughs> And, you know, I'm like 5'4", I weigh like 30 pounds, so <laughs> it's like, 
Yeah, the thing's heavy. Want kind of a painful lens to carry. Yeah. Ended up selling that almost immediately, wasting a lot of money on it. And um, I think secondly, it was also thinking that, you know, I need to show so much content on my website for people to want to book me. Um, and I would just post everything and anything I can just to, you know, draw web attention or, um, and that obviously is something that backfires because then you're, you're not booking the right client for you. And, um, but yeah, I mean, I, if I could do it again, I would definitely think about, okay, well, what, what I want to show, what do I want to shoot What's my ideal client location. And that would all kind of fit into my brand and style. Yeah. I didn't really think in terms of brand, I guess that's, that's kind of my downfall was, uh, and I, and I talked to some photographers who said, Hey, listen, this is important. Brand is important. But to me, it was like, Oh, branch, man. (laughs) (laughs) Right. It's processing. Processing is what you need to know. Um, very, very mistaken. Um, it's very much brand that defines business and the clients you get and Mm -hmm. pretty much everything. So yeah. uh, that's kind of become my focus now with the new website and the new work and everything. Sweet. Um, okay. So flip side of that, obviously this is like, maybe like what's like the one best decision you've ever made for your business. Um, I think going for it, uh, going for, well, obviously one is, uh, deciding to do photography <laughs> and, uh, just, you know, like, Hey, I'm going to do this and then invest. I just invested straight up front. I invested some money into, you know, good cameras and good gear. Um, of course that the downfall was not knowing what gear to get, but, um, (laughs) the the initial investment in getting all the right stuff was great. Um, because if I was going to be a professional, I would, I should have professional stuff to work with. And, um, that was good. And then I think just committing to trying different things and posting it out there and, you know, if it's something that not everyone agreed with, it's, you know, it's, it's fine. Just uh, keep doing it because it's very much who I am. Um, so I think definitely having uh, believing in yourself and, and just going for what you think is going to, what, what you think is you and not worrying so much about what's going to happen if I do this, but more concerned about what's going to happen if I don't. Um, and being true to yourself. So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool, man. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to chat with me. So I really love where you're headed. I love your work and I can't wait to see the new site. Do you know when that's going to come out at all? Yeah, it should be, uh, maybe a month and a half from now, depending on how quickly I can get these edits done. Yeah. I hear you. (laughs) Yeah. That's the hardest part sometimes. process. Hopefully by the time I'm done, I'm not like, oh no, I want to change it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. New, new branding. Let's do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much, man. I really, really appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. So thanks for having me.